Thank you for joining us at the Roundtable. Brought to you by Community Education Arts, a nonprofit organization based in Noblesville, Indiana. I'm Alice Cavanis Gober, President of CE Arts. And I'm Sarah E. Morin, Secretary of CE Arts. Let's sit down at the Roundtable. Welcome back to this year's NICE discussion. We've already done kind of a large overview of each book. What do you think would be the best way to do this? Just to say what our strongest argument and feeling is for each as we scroll through? Yeah, I think so. The document that I have um, pulled up for us to be looking at, and apologies to the audience out there, this is a podcast recording, audio only, but we are in Zoom, so Sarah E. and I can both see our shared document that we have. Um, I've already uh, kind of noted the ones that were in my original list that I'm kind of willing to just, well, that, that's old. <laughs> you know, I take that out this year. Um, I've narrowed it down a little bit. So I think if we do scroll through this document, we'll, we should be okay. We should be able to notice which ones we like the most and which ones we're really rooting for and then very quickly get down to the nitty gritty of trying to come up with four. <laughs> sure. I'll keep a little running list here. Perfect. About how much on a scale of one to ten okay that's I a good really idea. like each book yeah that's a great idea yeah uh, at least as far as um nice goes because some books i love but they may not make good nice projects right right i know of the ones i suggested i know which are my top two of those and i'm really torn on picking some from your list as top contenders so we do have you know we may have some overlap between what you like and what i like uh, but we'll see we'll see what this what this yields sure um well one of my selections was never-ending story by mm -hmm. mihail inda and um i love this one because it's uh it's an allegory, really. Um, it's got fantasy elements. It's a, a meta view of how do we connect with stories, um, the wonderful worlds that that can open up for us, but also the dangers of falling into a story and never coming out and never reconnecting with the real world. And what do you lose by doing that? Mm -hmm. And so I love it for the meta view and I love it for the very colorful and rich characters. Right. And I, I know this is a very famous um, novel that's been adapted to screen and stuff like that. I read it once a long time ago. And I will be honest and say, I don't remember it that well. Um, which probably means I was at an age where it just didn't speak to me um, for whatever reason. I don't know why, but um, I, it just, I, I just can't bring it to mind. I can't even visualize how long of a book it is. I, I feel like it must be a pretty long book because it's been made into movies and stuff, but that's not always true, as we know. So um, what are your thoughts on the length of the book, the challenge of getting, you know, getting it read and getting refreshed with it and being able to discuss it um, intelligently and with a standalone passage to, to go through the book to try to find a standalone passage. What are your thoughts on that? There's a lot of questions all at once. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've had um, a lot of coffee. <laughs> I, I think that while um, it, it's a very rich book, you can summarize it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So I think getting refreshed enough with it just to be able to summarize it would be pretty easy. Okay. It is fairly widely available. Um, uh, 
I can't remember all your questions right That's now. That's okay. I just, <laughs> I just wanted one of us to feel really comfortable. I mean, if we do choose this book, mm -hmm. I want one of us to be really comfortable with the discussion of it. And I'm, I'm not at this, at today, at this point, I'm not that comfortable. Um, looking, looking ahead into, oh, would I be able to talk about this book at all? Uh, no, not today. <laughs> but I'm, I'm willing to, you know, uh, consider it definitely. I think that some of the notes that we have on it uh, that you provided make it compelling. I mean, this is about a boy who is, you know, described as strange, nerdy, overweight boy. His mother has died. His father is cold and distant. His misery is compounded by bullying at school. I mean, just that, you know, is a lot to, to weigh in on. You know, it's a lot to give fodder to creativity and discussion so then if you add into it the fact that the you know he is escaping through reading and we certainly are all about escaping through reading you know um and finding you know finding some kind of salvation through reading i guess is how i'm looking at it that you know this could be a really interesting option i think if we were to do the scale thing i mentioned i'd probably put this at a seven Okay, I think this this probably would be a six or seven for me and the sixth level is only because, uh, like I said, I just feel like I, I'm, I'm not ready yet for it, mm -hmm. but, you know, I love I love your, your notes on it I feel like it's a very um, interesting choice. Mm -hmm. Great, what you got for me. Um, the next one we had on our list was one of my suggestions, The Winter of Our Discontent by John Steinbeck, and I'm willing to let that one go. So goodbye to The Winter of Our Discontent. We, goodbye. Might, we might do that another day, <laughs> which brings us then to your um, proposed The Story of an Hour by Ch Kate Chop Chopin. Is it Chopin? I think so. You know what? I'd have to double check. Um, well, I, I, it could be Chopin. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh -huh. <laughs> um this one, I actually found the text of it, I, as far as I can tell, it's the entirety of the text, mm -hmm, and sure. put it in our uh, document because it's so short. And I really love this one. This is a top contender for me. So put this with a one or two. Uh, I guess at this point we should give twos instead of ones, you know, <laughs> give this a two for me in, in our list. I think the fact that it's a short story, it's easily accessible. I found the entire text online within seconds of Google mm -hmm. search. Um, so anybody could do that. The, the entire story takes place in a single hour. It's a, so it's a very um, in, uh, compact tale, if you will. Um, and yet it is really layered and intriguing. And so um, I do think that this would be a really good choice. Excellent. Um, on a scale of uh, one to 10, um, with 10 being the highest. Oh, 10 is the highest, sorry, nine, give it a nine. Not nine. A two. Okay. Yeah, Great. not a two, yeah. <laughs> Great, yeah, um, one thing I really like about this one I mean, we, you and I love talking about feminism, <laughs> but yes. also, like you mentioned, it's it's not a novel. It is a short story that makes it highly accessible. It makes it a little bit different art form. Right. Um, yeah, I, I would also put this quite high. I also so, think it's very intriguing that it was written uh, or published, I should say, in 1894. Mm -hmm. um, that, you, honestly, reading this, it's as powerful today as I bet it was then. It really... 
uh, I, I mean, I think there's some kind of, you know, a person could read it and say, oh, that sounds a little old fashioned writing style or something. But what you what you're experiencing reading it hits you in the moment. And I think mm -hmm. it's very relatable even to this day. So I do love that about it. I love that it's an older book. It's a classic. And yet it's very relevant that I hate using the word very, but it's so relevant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that, yeah, that's a tip top for me. Okay, so I'm scrolling down. Next is one of mine, um, The Scarlet Letter. Um, I I think this was one of my uh, offerings. It was mm -hmm. by Nathaniel Hawthorne um, in 1850. Part of me wants to save this book for a different year or a different project when we'd have a lot more time to explore and discuss it more fully and deeply than I think we're going to have this year. Um, I think if we did use this one within this year's schedule, it would only work if we really focused on whatever standalone passage we chose. This book is long. It is kind of uh, old fashioned writing. It, you know, some would say you got to slog through it. You know, it is very descriptive. There are gorgeous passages. There are descriptives about the characters and what they're thinking. There's a lot to work with in there, but I feel like it might be a little much for this year. So um, although I do love a lot about this book as a possibility, especially um, just the whole illegitimate child thing and the, the character of Pearl, the child herself, is intriguing all on its own. Um, there's a lot that I would recommend it for this year, but I feel like um, this one for me is more at a five or six level at this sure. point. I had actually already written down a six. So we're pretty well insane. I, I would be, and admittedly, I am only familiar with this one through pop culture. Mm -hmm. I would be very willing to um, do that one. But I think if we're not doing our deep dive, I think we might not be doing yeah. it the best of service. Yeah, I think this one deserves a deep dive. And it is, I mean, it's a classic in the way that it does show up in a lot of literature courses in high school and college. So, I mean, at some point we should probably give it a, a closer look. Um, I just don't feel comfortable doing that this year. And I think we're, we're in sync on that. Great. Okay, so next up was The Lottery by Shirley Jackson, published in 1948. It's a short story, and you brought this one to our attention. And I, I will say, I do like a short story. This is the second short story that you brought to our attention. I know this one. I'm not as, as out of touch with this as I am with the never-ending story. So um, this one really intrigues me. I'm, uh, it's pretty high on my list at this moment. Um, it's, it was shocking when it was published. Mm -hmm. I think it continues and has, since it was published, I think it has inspired a lot of knockoff kind of uh, genre, whether it's in film or TV shows or, I mean, you know, I, I, I love this, this TV show Supernatural that's been, that was on the CW for years. And even, the C, even Supernatural had an episode that was reminiscent of the lottery. I mean, everybody has co-opted this story. So it's a classic. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's a worthy, worthy thing. Um, so I'm, I'm leaning towards this one uh, more than I was when you first brought it up, just because I've thought more about it. And I, I really feel like it has impacted, you know, since it was published, it has, the ripple effect has been 
tremendous. So what do you mm. think? Um, what I love about this one is the idea of something that seems so very normal. So every day, so every town and slowly you get that creeping feeling of something's off. It's almost an uncanny valley kind of feel. Yes. Yes. And so that's my favorite. And, you know, hey, dystopias are popular still. <laughs> this is kind of a tiny dystopia. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I would probably put this one at maybe seven and a half, eight. Yeah, I'd give it an eight. And I think this one, um, as short as it is, there's a lot of meat on the bone. There's a lot of characters, you know, for such a short story. There is a there is a room full of people, you know, I mean, you know, a town full of people, a village, I guess I should call it a village full of people. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay. I think the hardest thing about um, the lottery would be finding a standalone passage because it's a slow build kind of book. And it's a lot of dialogue, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so it might be a slightly longer passage than where we normally would say, hey, here's a, you know, three or four sentences paragraph of a standalone passage. This might be a little longer than that just to uh, give people something to work with, but it's also a short enough story that people can read the whole thing. So mm -hmm. it, it, it works both ways. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Our next one was Scarlet Pimpernel, and this is one of my favorites, favorite yeah. um, storylines. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it's one of my favorite for this year's Nice. I was just looking for some some variety and some genres that maybe we hadn't covered as much. Mm -hmm. Scarlet Pimpernel um, is uh, it's from 1905, and yes. what I like about it is it is a prototype for many of the the superhero the 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 Robin Hood type character. Alter ego, yeah, yeah, right, right. For who's the rescuer in disguise, yeah, and how do they get away with it? Yeah. Right. And so I like it best for that, that dual life, that adventure um, to it. Um, I think that what I would probably give it for the purposes of nice would probably be a five. Yeah, I for this year's nice, I agree. But I would like to suggest something. And this is just something I'm throwing out here in the middle of our Zoom. And we can, mm -hmm. you know, think about this. I think this book would be a great standalone project that we haven't invented yet but we might someday mm -hmm. where we talk about this book and really, really talk about the, this, this prototype secret identity disguised by a meek or ineffectual, you know, character, but they have a, a Zorro, a, the shadow, the spider, the phantom, the Superman, the Batman, you know, I mean, this is, this is the beginning of that, right? I mean, this is the first character who could be called a superhero. And um, this is, and I, that was actually a quote read by Stan Lee as a boy, the Marvel co-creator called the Scarlet Pimpernel, quote, the first character who could be called a superhero. And hey, Stan Lee. I mean, I feel like there is enough here that we could invent a whole new project comparing something, some old classic with some modern, you know, thing that, that came from it. You know, we kind of mm -hmm. did that when we talked about Dracula a few mm -hmm. years ago. You know, and I ever since then, that's kind of niggled my brain that there's a there's, you know, there's a way to bring these what, what originated today's genre, if you will, to bring that original book into the public eye and remind everybody, hey, those things you love today, this is what birthed them, you know, and so I feel like um, I'm at a five with this one this year only mm -hmm. because of that for a, a different kind of project. I give it a 10, you know. <laughs> 
No, I think that's that, that'd be fun. And some of the other books you've chosen in other nice years have been those progenitors. Yes. And yeah, I, I like the idea of doing it in a different context. So. And what I love about that idea is that I bet you anything we'd come back around to some of the books we've already looked at and look at them in a whole fresh new way, you yep. know, um, because we we may not have focused on that progenitor type of uh, element to that story before. Join us next time as we continue our discussion of our nice books. This has been At the Roundtable with Alice and Sarah E. of Community Education Arts. Our nonprofit organization is based in Noblesville, Indiana. You can find us online at cearts.org. We'd like to thank James Weston for writing our intro music and for his technical savvy. Join us next time at, at the, the Roundtable. Table.